0: Okay, tell me what are your knowledge points regarding the hallmark drug atropine that is the hallmark drug the prototype drug of the anticholinergic agents do you have an idea of its profile its working its actions its spectrum etc etc well don't strain your brain I'm here today to guide you and help you this way no delays Hit the play. usa There's no shortcut to get where it's worth going. Welcome all to this Pharmacology Difficult podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD Pharmacology, and this is the audio hub to get best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods, and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better, and make your concepts crystal clear. If you really find and if there's a question hovering in your minds, is pharmacology difficult? Lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. To commence, let's pick up the hallmark drug atropine and I'm going to put down some bullet points to make everything crystal clear. First, it blocks all the different types of muscarinic receptors, M1 to M5 second it causes good enough stimulation of the central nervous system at a moderate to high dose why i'm saying because it is not so stimulating at a low dose okay third point it curbs down the vestibular excitatory impulses hence it serves as a very good drug for the motion sickness fourth point it finds use in parkinson's disease by halting The spread of rigidity and tremors by its restricting action on the cholinergic impulses of the ganglia. Next point. It causes significant tachycardia in the heart by attacking the M2 receptors found on the SA node. Next point. When injected as an intramuscular or as a subcutaneous agent, initially what we know there is a lot of bradycardia but that is very transient and that occurs due to the blockade of vagal M1 receptors and then it's followed by the tachycardia. Atropine also shortens the AV nodal refractory period and it also promotes the AV conduction. Next point. Though not a remarkable or an accountable effect, a dual effect of both rise in the blood pressure and a fallen blood pressure is observed with the use of atropine. The rise in blood pressure occurs as a result of the tachycardia and stimulation of the vasomotor center. The fallen blood pressure is due to the vasodilator action at high dose and it's also due to the release of the histamine. Next point, the ophthalmic actions of atropine, they are very well versed and well-known. Ophthalmic results they are markedly seen in the form of metriasis. There is a banning of the light reflex. There is a good degree of cycloplegia. All of these effects they may last for a week or so. The resultant experiences of the receiving patient they are in the form of photophobia, blurring of vision, especially I am talking about the near vision, and there is a rise of intraocular tension. the patient is suffering from narrow angle glaucoma next point what about the smooth muscle relaxation yes atropine relaxes all types of smooth muscles which are found in the intestine stomach respiratory tract ureter urinary bladder and what are the results of this kind of relaxation well respectively they are constipation relief of the pass in the intestines, then there is bronchodilation, there is urinary retention. Some notable features are in the bronchi the atropine antagonizes the vagal activity and the stimulant action on the glands which is caused by the inflammatory mediators like prostaglandins, leukotrienes, kinins etc then another accountable point in the urethral tract of the atropine is that it benefits in the states of neurogenic bladder or enuresis. how it does that due to its relaxant action and leads to increased capacity of the bladder but but one thing that you have to note here is the effect on the uterus is much much less as compared to all these effects it's almost negligible okay next point Atropine blocks the M3 receptors, thereby it stunts all kinds of secretions, like sweat, saliva, tears, respiratory secretions. So what are the results? Dry skin, dry eyes, dry throat. There's a lot of difficulty in talking, swallowing, etc. These are all the signs and symptoms of this particular effect. Then yes, I want to tell you that acid, pepsin secretion, it also decreases. The bicarb secretion and the mucus secretion, they all are decreased. But notable point here is that intestinal, pancreatic and bile secretions, they are not much affected. The bile secretions, they are not at all affected actually. Next point. High dose of atropine leads to hyperthermia. The action is dual. How? The sweating is stunted, while the temperature regulatory sites, they are stimulated. And they, in combination, lead to hyperthermia, that is increased temperature. Now, these temperature regulatory centers, they are found in the hypothalamus. You might have heard a lot about the occurrences of atropine fever in children, have you? Next point. Atropine is rumored to be having a paradoxical response too. How? it may block the releasing inhibitory muscarinic autoreceptors that are found on the nerve terminals of the some of the postganglionic parasympathetic and sympathetic nerve terminals. The cholinergic tone is very very prominent and important on deciding the extent of sensitivity of a particular organ, tissue or site to the effect of the atropine. Like gastric tissues and glands, they are least sensitive as compared to the intestinal muscles. Organs like eye structures, they are more sensitive than the heart and the lungs. While secretions of the saliva and the bronchial secretions, they are highly sensitive rather than most sensitive to the effects of atropine. Now, one more important point to note is that atropine response is more for the exogenous cholinergic drugs which are administered as compared to the endogenous parasympathetic nerve actions. Yes, atropine has more prompt and observable response towards the exogenous cholinergic drugs that are administered to in our body and little less feeble response towards the endogenous parasympathetic nerve actions that are actually occurring in the body. Any guesses why? Well, can you give an explanation for this uh, particular notable point or the differences in the response to the exogenous and the endogenous cholinergic responses? Well, the concept is too easy to comprehend. If you remember the concept of the proximity of the release of neurotransmitters to the particular receptors and there's an also interplay of the co-transmitters now you got it right now with this wonderful revision of the concept of the release and the proximity of the release of the neurotransmitters and the receptors where they have to act and the interplay action of the co-transmitters i would love to halt my speech here now just now what do you say about it in the upcoming episodes i will be comparing and commenting upon different substitutes of atropine I would be highlighting their uses. So stay charged up, stay tuned. We'll be talking very soon. For all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, do visit www.spharmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine. It actually contains a lot of updates about medical sciences, drug information updates and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name. Is pharmacology difficult? If you're listening for the first time, do subscribe and follow whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned. Do rate and review on iTunes, Apple, Podcast. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay enlightened. Thank you.